Chapter 6 of Mother West Wind's Animal Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mother West Wind's Animal Friends by Thornton W. Burgess. Chapter 6 Peter Rabbit's Run for Life. I wish I hadn't run away said Johnny Chuck dolefully, as he and Peter Rabbit peeped out from the sweet clover patch and watched old Mrs. Chuck start for home with her market basket on her arm. You ought to think yourself lucky that your mother didn't find you here in the sweet clover patch. If it hadn't been for me, she would have, said Peter Rabbit. Johnny Chuck's face grew longer and longer. His pants were torn, his leg was stiff and sore where old Mr. Marshhawk had scratched him that morning, but worse still, his conscience pricked him. Yes, sir, Johnny Chuck's conscience was pricking him hard, very hard indeed, because he had run away from home with Peter Rabbit after old Mrs. Chuck had told him not to leave the yard while she was away. Now he didn't know the way home. Peter Rabbit, I want to go home, said Johnny Chuck suddenly. Isn't there a shortcut so that I can get home before my mother does? No, there isn't, said Peter Rabbit. And if there was, what good would it do you? Old Mrs. Chuck would see that tear in your pants, and then you'd catch it. I don't care. Please, won't you show me the way home, Peter Rabbit? begged Johnny Chuck. Peter Rabbit yawned lazily as he replied, What's the use of going now? You'll catch it anyway, so you might as well stay and have all the fun you can. Say, I know a dandy old house up on the hill. Jimmy Skunk used to live there, but no one lives in it now. Let's go up and see it. It's a dandy place. Now, right down in his heart, Johnny Chuck knew that he ought to go home. But he couldn't go unless Peter Rabbit would show him the way. And then he did want to see that old house. Perhaps Peter Rabbit was right. In his heart he knew that he wasn't. And he had better have all the fun he could. So Johnny Chuck followed Peter Rabbit up the hill to the old house of Jimmy Skunk. Cobwebs covered the doorway. Johnny Chuck was going to brush them away, but Peter Rabbit stopped him. Let's see if there isn't a back door, said he. Then we can use that, and if Bowser the Hound or Farmer Brown's boy comes along and finds this door, they'll think no one ever lives here anymore, and you'll be safer than if you were right in your own home. So they hunted and hunted, and by and by Johnny Chuck found the back door way off at one side and cunningly hidden under a tangle of grass. Inside was a long, dark hall, and at the end of that a nice big room. It was very dirty, and Johnny Chuck, who was very neat, at once began to clean house and soon had it spick and span. Suddenly they heard a voice outside the front door. Doesn't look as if anybody lives here. But seems as if I smell young rabbit, and yes, I'm sure I smell young Chuck, too. Guess I'll have a look inside. It's old Granny Fox, whispered Peter Rabbit, trembling with fright. Then Peter Rabbit did a very brave thing. He remembered that Johnny Chuck could not run very fast, and that if it hadn't been for him, Johnny Chuck would be safe at home. You stay right here, whispered Peter Rabbit. Then he slipped out the back door. Halfway down the hill, he stopped and shouted, Old Granny Fox is slower than an ox. Then he started for the old briar patch as fast as his long legs could take him, 
and after him ran Granny Fox. Peter Rabbit was running for his life. There was no doubt about it. Right behind him, grinding her long white teeth, her eyes snapping, ran old Granny Fox. Peter Rabbit did not like to think what would happen to him if she should catch him. Peter Rabbit was used to running for his life. He had to do it at least once every day. But usually he was near a safe hiding place, and he rather enjoyed the excitement. This time, however, the only place of safety he could think of was the friendly old briar patch, and that was a long way off. Back at the old house on the hill, where Granny Fox had discovered Peter Rabbit, was little Johnny Chuck, trembling with fright. He crept to the back door of the old house to watch. He saw Granny Fox getting nearer and nearer to Peter Rabbit. Oh dear, oh dear, she'll catch Peter Rabbit, she'll catch Peter Rabbit, wailed Johnny Chuck, wringing his hands in despair. It certainly looked as if Granny Fox would. She was right at Peter Rabbit's heels. Poor, happy-go-lucky little Peter Rabbit. Two more jumps and Granny Fox would have him. Johnny Chuck shut his eyes tight, for he didn't want to see. But Peter Rabbit had no intention of being caught so easily. While he had seemed to be running his very hardest, really he was not. And all the time he was watching Granny Fox, for Peter Rabbit's big eyes are so placed that he can see behind him without turning his head. So he knew when Granny Fox was near enough to catch him in one more jump, then Peter Rabbit dodged. Yes, sir, Peter Rabbit dodged like a flash, and away he went in another direction, lipperty-lipperty-lip, as fast as he could go. Old Granny Fox had been so sure that in another minute she would have tender young rabbit for her dinner that she had begun to smile and her mouth actually watered. She did not see where she was going. All she saw was the white patch on the seat of Peter Rabbit's trousers bobbing up and down right in front of her nose. When Peter Rabbit dodged, something surprising happened. Johnny Chuck, who had opened his eyes to see if it was all over, jumped up and shouted for joy and did a funny little dance in the doorway of the old house on the hill. Peter had dodged right in front of a wire fence, a fence with ugly, sharp barbs, and right smack into it ran Granny Fox. It scratched her face and tore her bright red cloak. It threw her back flat on the ground with all the wind knocked out of her body. When finally she had gotten her breath and scrambled to her feet, Peter Rabbit was almost over to the friendly old briar patch. He stopped and sat up very straight. Then he put his hands on his hips and shouted, Run, Granny, run! Here comes a man who's got a gun! Granny Fox started nervously and looked this way and looked that way. There was no one in sight. Then she shook a fist at Peter Rabbit and started to limp off home. Johnny Chuck gave a great sigh of relief. My, said he, I wish I was as smart as Peter Rabbit. You will be if you live long enough, said a voice right behind him. It was old Mr. Toad. Mr. Toad and Johnny Chuck sat in the doorway of the old house on the hill and watched old Granny Fox limp off home. I wonder what it would seem like not to be afraid of anything in the whole world, said Johnny Chuck. People who mind their own business and don't get into mischief don't need to be afraid of anything, said Mr. Toad. Johnny Chuck remembered how safe he had always felt at home with old Mrs. Chuck, and how many times and how badly he had been frightened since he ran away that morning. I guess perhaps you are right, Mr. Toad, said Johnny Chuck doubtfully. 
"'Of course I'm right,' replied Mr. Toad. "'Of course I'm right. Look at me. I attend strictly to my own affairs, and no one ever bothers me.' "'That's because you are so homely that no one wants you for a dinner when he can find anything else,' said Peter Rabbit, who had come up from the friendly old briar patch. "'Better be homely than to need eyes in the back of my head to keep my skin whole,' retorted Mr. Toad. "'Now I don't know what it is to be afraid.' "'Not of old Granny Fox?' asked Johnny Chuck. "'No,' said Mr. Toad. "'Nor Bowser the Hound?' "'No,' said Mr. Toad. "'He's a friend of mine.' Then Mr. Toad swelled himself up very big. I'm not afraid of anything under the sun, boasted Mr. Toad. Peter Rabbit looked at Johnny Chuck and slowly winked one eye. I guess I'll go up the hill and have a look around, said Peter Rabbit, hitching up his trousers. So Peter Rabbit went up the hill, while Mr. Toad smoothed down his dingy white waistcoat and told Johnny Chuck what a foolish thing fear is. By and by, there was a queer rustling in the grass back of them. Mr. Toad hopped around awkwardly. What was that? he whispered. Just the wind in the grass, I guess, said Johnny Chuck. For a while, all was still, and Mr. Toad settled himself comfortably and began to talk once more. No, sir, said Mr. Toad, I'm not afraid of anything. Just then, there was another rustle in the grass, a little nearer than before. Mr. Toad certainly was nervous. He stretched up on the tips of his toes and looked in the direction of the sound. Then Mr. Toad turned pale. Yes, sir, Mr. Toad actually turned pale. His big, bulging eyes looked as if they would pop out of his head. I, I must be going, said Mr. Toad hastily. I quite forgot an important engagement down on the green meadows. If Mr. Blacksnake should happen to call, don't mention that you have seen me. Will you, Johnny Chuck? Johnny Chuck looked over in the grass. Something long and slim and black was wriggling through it. When he turned about again, Mr. Toad was halfway down the hill, going with such big hops that three times he fell flat on his face. And when he picked himself up, he didn't even stop to brush off his clothes. I wonder what it seems like not to be afraid of anything in the world, said a voice right behind Johnny Chuck. There stood Peter Rabbit, laughing so hard he had to hold his sides, and in one hand was the end of an old leather strap, which he had fooled Mr. Toad into thinking was Mr. Blacksnake. End of chapter 6